let's jump in to a little sermon. You ready? All right. I'm going to start um, in Colossians 3, and I'm just going to read for a, a few moments. This is a little longer reading, but I want you to listen and hang in there. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now... You must also rid yourself of such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no, is no Jew Gentile nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has grievance against someone. Forgive. As the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the, image, or the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Father, we pray that today you would be lifted up and glorified in this place. Father, we pray that the message of Christ would sink so deeply into our lives that as the world sees us, all they see is you. Father, through your spirit this morning, we pray you transform us. Make us more like Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So we're starting this series, um, The Core. And we're talking about our vision here and our mission. And we, as a staff, have been kind of working through, okay, so if we're going to really work to exalt, encourage, and engage and, and move us forward towards 2030, what are some of the core values, some of the things that have to be um, essential if we're really going to move forward in that mission and that vision to reach lost people in this world? And, and one of the, the places we began was, was actually the last thing we added to this list of values. And the reason it was the last thing to add to this list of values is it's because it's one of those things that we just assumed was there. 
Like this is the foundational piece and it's there. It, it's a non-negotiable. But then we started thinking, it's like, but we need to go back because if we want this to be a core value that carries us through, we don't want to lose sight of it. And so we want to name it and we want to work in growing in it. And what you're going to find is we've talked through these six core values. Um, three of these have been foundational pieces of this church for the last 40 years. And then there's one that we've kind of been working on over the last five or six years that we want to continue to expand on. And then there's two that we're wanting as we talk about engaging this world for Christ that we think are really important that we need to be a part of what we're doing here. And so this week, we're going to talk about that first one, that foundational piece, and it runs through every single one of these values, and it's this, it's pursue God together. That, that we are on a mission together to reach a world for Jesus Christ. And so we do that together. We pursue God together. In, in the garden, the very first thing that happened when sin entered, to, entered the world was Adam and Eve began to see each other not as one, but as others. And as they saw each other, and not this oneness, this separation, this divide grew. And it has continued, outside of the garden, continued to grow. There, there is this gap where we continually see other people and one of the beauties of the body of Christ is that that otherness is being reconciled into oneness. That, that where we see another person, the cross, the resurrection, the kingdom of God says these who were others are now brought together as one. Think about it in your marriage, in mine specifically. There are times when my wife takes a little extra convincing that I am right. L little. And, and when we have, when, when you have these arguments, when you have these times where you're kind of butting heads and, and the, the wills are going at it, then there is a tendency to not see each other as one but to see this other person across from you who thinks differently than you, who sees the world differently than you, who has different values than you do, and, and to place them in a place where they're an other. But when you stood and made vows, saying, I'm going to love this person, I'm going to be connected to this person for better or worse, till death do us part. What you're saying, in essence, is we are once again becoming one. We are reconciling a relationship and putting it back together, and we are now one. Where there was two, there's now one. And that's why Jesus comes here and says, what was one can't be broken back apart. You, you can't do it without it. They're creating a mess without it creating pain, without it creating brokenness. And, and some of you have lived through that, and you understand that there was this brokenness, there was this pain, there was this hurt that was there, because what was one was separated. And this world in the brokenness is longing for that reconciliation. It's longing to be brought back together into perfect 
unity, into peace. That's what we're striving for. And so he begins this letter saying, here's how you do this. But I want to talk about, before we talk about here's how, I want to talk about the what. What is it as followers of Jesus that we're supposed to be doing? As we've entered into this new life, as we've committed our life to him, to follow him, to be like him, what is it that we're supposed to be doing? And he says this, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And then down a little bit further, he goes, and he says, also, you need to put to to death, to take off, to get rid of anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language. And as you look at these, one of the things that stands out is it's not just your actions that he's talking about. It's also what's going on inside of you. There's both word and there's deed. But, but there's this, this stuff that tends to come out of us that he says is pushing us in the wrong direction, that's holding us back, that's moving us the wrong way. And he says you've got to put these to death. And he literally uses this image of clothing. Like you've been wearing this, and you've got to take it off. You've got to put it to death so that you can put on something different. And so he talks about word and deed, the, these beautiful things that God has given. Both word and deed, the ability to think, the ability to reason, the ability to communicate and talk. But with all things that are good, you also have the ability to use them in unhealthy and unholy ways. Sex is a beautiful gift from God to be celebrated and enjoyed in marriage. But it can also be abused and used in the wrong way. Passion and and desire Excitement, those things are good, but they can also turn into anger and bitterness and rage. You, you have these emotions that can kind of get out of hand. And I think one of the things you'll, you'll find, a lot of times you'll say people who are like, well, we, we got the sexual side down and I don't really struggle there. But on the other side, there's this anger and rage and malice that continues to come and build up. Or, or you have the people who are like, well, I'm, I'm peaceful and I'm good and everything's okay and relationships are good. But sexually, I really struggle and I continually find myself flirting with this person at work. Or I find myself on these websites and I can't get away. And there's this word and deed, both of them given to you as gifts. But both of them can get out of control. Both of them can be used in a really unhealthy way. And he says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And when he uses this term, I think a lot of times in Scripture, there, there's the wrath of God, the end, the, the judgment, but there's also the, just the natural consequences of our sin. I mean, it's a little kid who, who's tugging on the, the cord of the TV, and the dad's like, don't do that. Don't do that. And eventually the TV falls off and hits the kid on the head. There was a natural consequence to that. 
And, and so I gave you this beautiful gift of sex to be enjoyed inside a marriage. And when you take it and you, you use it out here for something that it was not designed for, it's like, there are these consequences that come with that. In your relationships with one another, you're, you're going to have emotion, you're going to have connection with people, but then it can become, can become anger, it can become rage, it can get out of hand. And he says, when you entered into this new life, when you put on this new identity, the baptized, the children of God, his people, building his kingdom, you put to death all of these things from your past. And, and Paul talks about, in Romans 7, he, he talks about this struggle, this continual struggle. And he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And if I do, not, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. For it is, it is no longer I myself do it, but it's sin living in me. And you, you feel, as Paul writes, this tension going on in himself. Like, I died to this old life, I put it aside, but yet it still continues to creep up inside of me. And every day there is this choice. Every day there is this battle that, no, I'm going to continue to follow Christ. I'm going to continue to put those things out in the old life, to put them to death. So that I can live in this world in a way that honors Christ and builds his kingdom. That's what I want my life to look at. And, and the problem here, the problem with all of these is it disrupts unity. Because your sin, understand this, your sin does not just affect you. Correct? It affects you, but there's also a residual that affects those who are around you. And has the ability to affect the larger community. That it's not just a problem for you, well, it's just my deal. No one knows that I go to that website. It's not a big deal. Yes, but it starts to impact your relationship with your spouse. Or teenagers, it starts to impact the relationship with your future spouse. It's no big deal. I'm just 15. I'm just 16. It's not... Uh, I promise you. What you are looking at now will have an immediate, direct impact on your marriage. I cannot tell you that enough. And I'm not telling you that because I don't want... It's because I want the best for you. And that's why Paul is writing this. Like, I want the best for my people. I, I want the best for this community. And so put those things off. Put them to death. Get rid of them. But it's not just to get rid of it. When we were living in Cleburne, we, my wife um, works at home, and her office was in our bedroom. Like She had a little desk in there and would work. And came home from work one day, and she said, well, I heard something up in the attic. 
probably squirrels or something, no big deal. And I kind of ignored it for, for several weeks. And then we left and we went on vacation. And when we came back from vacation, with the house being empty for about a week, there were rat droppings in our house on our floor. And I don't know if you've ever had a problem with rats, but they are nasty creatures. And they don't just go away on their own. Like, you have to do something intentional to get rid of them. Because if you just leave them alone and pretend they'll go away, if they're in your attic and you hear them, we we know now, get rid of them. Do everything you can to get rid of them, to get them out of your life, because they will infest your life, and they will take over, and they will cause a lot of of fear. (laughs) Like, you're, you're asleep at night, and you're just like, rid of it and so you you are putting on this new identity the identity of a a crucified and risen savior so what does that look like he says therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another as as he has forgiven you. (laughs) Do that again. Bear with each other and forgive one another If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Occasionally, I will walk into my wife in the morning. And this is really funny because this happened this morning. And I already had this in my notes before. I was going to tell it, but I walked in this morning, and, and last year I'd gotten this sweater, and I'd gotten a really nice tie that I thought looked well, really good with it, and I walked in this morning, and I got one of those, huh, you're wearing that? <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't. I was just seeing if the tie still fit my neck <laughs> from the holiday weight I've gained. And, and so, you, you know, guys, when you get that comment, back to your closet and let's try this again. <laughs> See, it, it's not enough, though, in that situation just to take off what you had on that you also have to put something else back on. And I think that's Paul's point here. It's not just that you're taking off this old self, but it's that you're actively working to put on this new self. And God promises that he's going to send his spirit to dwell inside of you, that's going to give you life, that's going to help you in this process, that's going to convict you of the things that need to be put to death, 
and that's going to build in you those things that need to be bringing life to this world. He's going to help do that. But you have to be working to, to set your mind, to set your heart on those things. There, there's a process where you're constantly growing and moving forward. And, and what you realize is that we're not doing this just because we need to look a certain way because this is what Jesus wants for us. That there is a purpose in the way and the place that he's moving you to. And it's to build his kingdom here on earth. Like, don't lose sight of that. The way the world is is not the way that it's supposed to be. And the cross was the inauguration of a new world and a new kingdom where sin and death no longer win and no longer have power. So now that that's here, now that that kingdom has come, live as a part of it. And you put this old self to death, now put on this new self with compassion and unity and grace and peace and love. Because we're not building better people. We're building the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes we're, we're sitting here waiting for God, like, God, what, what are you going to do? He goes, well, here, here's, here's what my plan was. I sent my son to show you how to live. To show you how to forgive. I, I sent my son so that you could see what life looked like. And they killed him, but I raised him from the dead. And I gave him life. And in him, I'm giving you life. So so now that he's gone, what's the plan now? Well, that's the best part. I got this collection of people who put him on. And have put on this new life. And they're going to gather together. And they're going to go into the world. And they're going to build the kingdom. This world that I inaugurated. They're going to live out. And they're going to change the world. So that's plan A. What's plan B? There is no plan B. The church is God's plan. And and so many times we want to talk about, well, what's the mission of the church? The church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. To build the kingdom of God to expand his light, to expand his rule, to expand his reign. And the place that it begins is inside of you. I want the world to be different. I want there to be peace. I want there to be unity and people need to have grace. Great. So does Jesus. He wants it so bad that he gave his life for it. So now go and live like him. 
that's the only plan. That's all we got. That's all there is, is to be God's transformed people who are transforming and changing the world as we pursue his kingdom. So how do we pursue him? And that that was how he began this little section. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Notice, he does not start with your mind. He begins with your heart. And, And I think that's very intentional. It's not just capture people's mind with this head knowledge and understanding. It's capture their heart with the cross. It's let them know how much God loves them and what Jesus wants for them. And that he's invited them to be a part of his kingdom. And you can gain all this world. You can pursue anything you want. You have the complete free reign. Do whatever you want. But what good is it to come to the end and say, well, look look at all I have. But see, in doing so, what you did was you gave up your soul. What, what, What good is that? So so daily, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above where Christ is. Because you died. And I think we forget that. And I think part of the problem is life. We forget that we died because we're still alive. But it's not that you're still alive, it's that you've been reborn. And there's a difference. It's not just that we're alive, it's that you died and that you were raised as you walked through the waters into this new life and you were given this new identity. And this old self, this old you is put to death in the waters. And this new you is raised from the waters into this new life. Now live like it. Like, it doesn't stop there. So many times a story we want to tell is about the cross and about the resurrection and about new life, and it stops there. But it doesn't. Because this is not the world that God envisioned. And until Jesus returns and that world is finally and fully realized, our mission does not stop. God's plan A is still on. Go, live it. Be that light in this world because the way that things are now is not the way they will always be. I think I come across so many people who look like they have it all together. And and let me just put myself in that category. 
we look like we have it all together. Like we figured it out. And we highlight the stuff that we don't struggle with. And we ignore the stuff we do. Because we want to take pride in our strength. May I just remind you this morning that you and who you are and your strength died. And it was hidden with Christ. And it's been raised with Him. And there is this new you that you have put on that reflects beautifully the image of its creator. The one who formed you through the waters. The one who gave you new life. The one who gave you hope. Now go, go and be his hands and feet. Go and be his light. See, you want this world to change. What well, begins with you. A few years ago, there was a guy named Zig Ziglar. And he tells a story that I absolutely love about a, a child who absolutely adored his father. And his dad was in one of those seasons of life where he was working and working and working and constantly coming home late. And the dad had told him, hey, this, this weekend, I'm going to come home and we're going to, it's you and me, buddy. And the kid was so excited. But just before he left the office that day, his boss had come in and said, hey, I got an assignment that really needs some attention. So the dad goes home with his briefcase in hand, knowing he's got to get some work done. And he's greeted as he comes in the front door by his son. And he's so excited to see him. Dad, Dad, what are we going to do first? We're going to play catch. We're going to shoot basketball. The basketball, we're going to go ride bikes. And he said, oh, son, I've got some stuff I've got to do first. And the child was just rejected. Man, I was... I was looking forward to this. And the dad got an idea. He was looking at the back cover of a magazine. He saw a picture of the world. And he ripped the page off and he cut it up into a lot of little pieces. And he handed the pieces of the world to the son. He said, why don't you just go in the other room? And put the world back together. And thinking he, just this genius move, it just bought him an hour or so to work and put his son off. He's floored. When about ten minutes later, the son comes running back into the room and says, Dad, Dad, I did it, I did it, I got the world put back together. And the dad is just amazed. He says, Son, how did you put the world back together so quickly? He said, Dad, that was easy. On the other side, there was a picture of a man. And when I got the man put back together right, the world was right. 
your journey of pursuing Christ is not just simply about pursuing Him. It's about pursuing a new world. But it begins with you. And it begins with us. As we work to bring the kingdom of God so that everyone can see it. Father, we pray. We pray, Father, for your guidance and for your help. Father, for those of us who are, are ignoring sin in our life, Father, I pray you would help it, our eyes to be open to it and for us to be able to put it off through the power of your Spirit alive within us. And Father, that it wouldn't just end there with taking off the bad. But Father, as we constantly pursue you, that we're putting on the good, that we're being transformed, that we're being changed into the image of our Creator. And Father, in Him, it's hope, it's our prayer that we find life, that we find abundant, fulfilling life. And Father, may we be your vessels which bring your kingdom, your presence into this world. And Father, may the world be different because of us. Help us to pursue you together. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've never entered into that new life through baptism, we offer you that invitation this morning. Come to him. Be a part of the body of Christ, baptized into Christ, forgiven, set free, able to live in the freedom of Christ. Um, we offer you that invitation to come. Anytime, come. Um, if we could pray for you wherever you are with whatever's going on in your life, um, we're going to have our shepherds, our ministry staff around this auditorium in the back. We're also going to have a couple of shepherds and their wives in the gathering. We would love for you to go there if you need a little more time in prayer um, struggling with something and need a little more sensitivity. So whatever your need, come while we stand and sing.